Praise God. Before I start, let's just pray. Father, I just thank you and praise you, Lord, that the word that I speak today, your words, Father, are your words, not my own enticing words. Holy Spirit, give me the utterance to speak. And I just thank you that it touches the hearts and minds of everyone listening in Jesus' name. Glory to you. Glory to you, God. Now, a few questions I'll just pose to you. Have you ever found yourself in a hard season that doesn't seem to end? Just sort of ponder that for a while. Or perhaps you've battled giant circumstances or situations that have led to disappointments and you feel like you're defeated at times. See, whatever you're faced or facing, just know you're not alone in that experience. The the Bible has many accounts of people in the Bible that had faced adversities and challenges and they endured and believed God and persisted in faith. And as they believed God, they rose in victory. I mean, just for example, um, Joseph, the son of Jacob in the Old Testament, um, his brothers put him in a pit, sold him to slavery. He ends up in Egypt. Then he gets accused of sexual immorality and rape and then gets thrown into the to the dungeon in the, in, in the prison for over a decade. He did nothing wrong. What, what was his crime? That he had a dream from God of greatness? What about the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego? You know, they were faithful to God and they were thrown into the fiery furnace. What, because they were faithful to God? What about Job? He lost his wealth, health, his family, his title, um, and why? Because the devil said to God, you know, because he's so blessed, if he, if, he, if, he was, you know, if he wasn't so blessed, he'll curse you, God. But he didn't. You know, what about the 12 apostles? They suffered imprisonment, isolation. They suffered persecution. Some even lost their lives. What, because they preached Jesus and the, and the salvation message? And... Let's look at the last one. What about Jesus, our Lord and Saviour? You know, he comes to the world and the people who are so-called religious people don't recognise him. Um, They're out to kill him. He's humiliated, abused. Like Rita said, Judas betrayed him. Uh, uh, Peter denied him. And and what? For what? He went to to the cross and put our sicknesses... And, and to do the will of God for, for us, to reconcile us. See, today I just want to encourage you to rise up in faith against the giants in your life. Circumstances come, there's giants in our lives. And, it's, and you know, I'm going to touch on a few points today from the Old Testament and bring them into the New. In the book of Samuel, num, um, chap, um, chapter 17... We see the, the fight, you've heard of David and Goliath. I think the whole planet has heard of, you know, the little man taken on the big man. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole chapter and, and do a study, but I, I will give you a little bit of an overview. If, if you want, you know, in your own time, have a look at 1 Samuel chapter 15 to 18. And we, we find in, I'll set the scene, we find in chapter 15 where the, the first king of Israel was Saul. And that was because the people wanted him to be king. We need a king, we need a king. It wasn't enough God delivered them from the, ha- from the enemy of Egypt. They wanted a, a fleshly king. So Samuel um, anointed Saul as king. 
But it didn't take too long before God gave him a word to, to go into battle against the evil Amalekites and totally destroy them. But Saul, having the fear of man and, and um, uh, God said, everything, cattle, everything, you have to destroy. But um, his men took some sheep and this and that. And then when they came back from battle, God spoke to Samuel the prophet and he said, Saul has sinned, you know, I'm sorry I've made him king. Now Samuel was a bit down, you know, because here is the man of God that I've, you know, I've been spending time with and he's sinned, he's let me down. In chapter 16, God speaks to Samuel, the prophet. He goes to him, why are you so discouraged? Why are you mourning? Why are you mourning? Arise, I want you to go to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, one of his sons I'm going to anoint as king in the future for Israel. So I'm just trying to set the scene here. Samuel goes to Jesse and Jesse brings out his seven sons. The first three sons are all part of King Saul's army. At the time they were fighting against the Philistines. So Samuel the prophet comes and like the tradition is the firstborn has the title. and So he goes to anoint the firstborn of Jesse God turns around and says to him don't look at the appearance I look at the heart after he's qualified seven of them he finds out none of these guys are going to be king he asked Jesse have you got another son he said yeah he's just a teenager he's attending to the sheep you know he said bring him out it happened to be that he was the one that's going to be anointed as king he doesn't take the officers king but let's just continue. I just thought I'd just set up a little bit of a, um, you know, a little bit of background. So here we find um, Israel on one side of the battlefield under, under King Saul and the other side, the Philistines. Now, in the Philistines, I had a, a fellow, a giant called Goliath. And this Goliath stood at 10 foot tall. So if you want to know what 10 foot tall is, you put him on a basketball court and he stands under the ring and his head will hit the ring. And that's how big this guy was and he was their champion. And not only that, his battle dress weighed 70 kilos. Just imagine, you know, we put a few kilos on, you know, after Easter and we've we got to go for a, you know, a three-hour walk. This guy's carrying 70 kilos. And, and he starts to, he starts to um, speak out yeah, and say, look, Let's, let's have a duel. Come on, King Saul, bring out your best man and I'll fight with, with him. And if we beat you, you know, you'll have to serve us. And if you beat us, then we'll serve you. So he starts. Now, I've set this up. Now, Samuel chapter 17, verse 11. When Saul and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. They were afraid. They were in fear. And in verse 16, and the Philistine drew near and presented himself 40 days, morning and evening. Imagine 40 days, Saul and all his men are scared of this bloke because he's a champion. Champions don't lose. And he's taunting and proclaiming, you know, fear. You guys are hopeless. We're going to kill you. You know, talking fear and, and, and putting them in a situation where they can't overcome. You know, what, what, what's the giant in your life taunting you with, keeping you in fear, and, and you're finding it hard to overcome? 
You know, Jesus did say in John 16, 33, that you'll have trouble in the world, but be of good cheer, I have overcome. Now, is it the area of maybe rejection or anger? Is this the joint in your life when you, I mention someone's name and, ooh, you know, unforgiveness starts to just well up, you know? They've done me so wrong that, you know, don't mention that. No, I love you, Jesus, but I don't like him. I don't like them. Or is it disappointment that something, you know, maybe it was a, a relationship that didn't go the way you expected or a, a work promotion that you thought that was yours, it didn't go your way? Maybe you're carrying sickness in your, in your body and, you, you know, it's not 40 days, it feels like 40 years that you've been carrying this sickness. Is that the joint? Or is it maybe addiction? Or is it the lack of finances? You know, through this COVID, many people have racked up so much bills and that's become their joint in their life. And see, the, the enemy, the devil, will use these areas in your life to discourage you and keep you in bondage and trap you in fear. See, that's his tactic. But John 8.32, Jesus says, I love the words of Jesus, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What's the truth? Jesus is the truth. His word, you know, his word is not man's word. Oh, I might see you next Friday, and uh, we'll meet up, and where is he? He's not here. Jesus is there every day. He's your daily bread. Um, see, the word that Jesus gives us commands us to trust him. He says, do not worry. Do not worry. You, you read that in Matthew, you read that. Forgive, you know, in the Lord's, when, the, when Jesus taught us how to pray, you know, he said, you know, forgive us our trespasses, we forgive those who trespass against us. That's another commandment. So there's, there's areas where we can overcome. And see, when you start worrying, Okay, it's sin. It dem demonstrates that you don't trust God. As soon as you start worrying and you're anxious about a situation, and look, you, in my life, I can tell you there's many times I've worried. And, and really what I'm saying is, God, I, I don't trust you, you know? That's what worry is, a lack of trusting God's word. You know, we're not supposed to take offense, the Bible says. Now, what are you knowing? You know the truth. How do you know the truth? How will you know the truth? It's by spending time with Jesus. You know, you'll only know somebody by spending time with them. You know, there's, there's people that like, you know, I've been married for 25 years and sometimes my wife goes, I didn't know you like that. You know, she's just learning things now, you know, and she's going to learn more. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm a Pandora box of hidden gems. So it's the truth that you'll know that will set you free. Now, Goliath continued for 40 days. So let's look at the situation with Jesus. He's, he, he experienced something similar. If we can read, you know, he, he overcame and arose above situation, big tests and temptations. And let's read chapter 4 of Luke. Um, um, it's up there. Oh, it doesn't matter. I'll read it. Relax there, yep. Yeah. Then Jesus, this is the um, New King James Version. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when they ended, he was hungry. Well, that's a big revelation. Go 40 days without food and tell me you're hungry. You know, 
Some of us are thinking, what are we having for lunch in a couple of hours? You know? Um, And the devil said to him, the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. See, the enemy will always attack you on your appetite, the same way he did with Adam and Eve. It's all right to eat that fruit. And then they lost the will, they, they, they sinned and they lost that relationship with God and the, the, what God had planned for their lives had altered. Now, appetite. You know, turn this, you know, like, I mean, if I was standing there, I wouldn't just turn one stone into bread. I would have turned every stone and started a bakery, you know. It wouldn't be just one stone, but you've got to see. And what did Jesus answer him and saying? It is written... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. See, again, what does Jesus do? He speaks the word of God in that circumstance, in that temptation, in that situation where there's fear and unbelief. He, he speaks the word of God. It is written, strike one to the devil. But he doesn't give up easily. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory, for thus has been delivered to me, and I give it to whoever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan. For it is written, again he goes to the word of God, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and only, only him you shall serve. You know, strike two to the devil. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written. Now, now the devil's getting on the act. He's now quoting the scripture, Psalm 91. You know, like, you know, he'll, it is, for his reason, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in their hands that they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. So now the devil's getting on, well, it, it is written in the Bible, isn't it? You know, so turning it on to Jesus. He'll, the devil has a twist on everything. That's why it's so important to know the word of God and, and, and live it. And then Jesus answered him and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him from an opportune time. So Jesus submitted to God and he resisted the devil. But see, the devil will go, but he will come at another opportune time. Maybe he'll come to another opportune time when you're maybe feeling really tired or down or you've heard some news that really sort of disappointed you and um, maybe someone hurt you there and, you know, you're thinking, oh, I'm not going to talk to them again and allow that little slit to open up for him to come. You know, what, what was the devil trying to do? He tried to stop Jesus from fulfilling the will and plan and purpose that God had for him. The same way he was successful with Adam and Eve, he wasn't successful with Jesus. Because Jesus used, see, the word of God is your sword. In Hebrews it says that the the word of God is more powerful than any two-edged sword. So go find me any sword you want in the world. God's word is more powerful and more sharper 
So that's what you need as a defense against your enemies, against the, the, the trials and temptations. See, the big, three biggest factors that we fall in life, and many church leaders, are like, since 1986, I've seen through different denominations how men and women that are really, you know, leaders of the church and, and they've fallen. And the three biggest areas are the lust of the flesh. Again, like I said, you know, your appetites, where your appetites the lust of the eyes, you know, greed, covetousness, you know, maybe sexual immorality, and the pride of life. You know, a lot of people get a great job, you know, doing well. Oh, you know, I don't need you, God. I'm, I've worked it all out. I've worked it all out. See, you're standing right in yourself, but you're not standing right with God. You need to be right standing. You've got to be righteous in him. See, when you live a spirit-filled life, that is, you're led by the Holy Spirit, which Jesus was. See, he didn't give in to the lust of the flesh. Like Galatians 5.16 says, we walk by the Spirit and we won't gratify the lust of the flesh. You know, that, that's what he did. That's how he overcame. See, we, we were supposed to live in the Spirit. Back then, Goliath was in the natural there. But I just want to share a testimony because... I want to give glory to God and I want to sort of make this a reality in our lives. Um, in 1987, I was 17 and um, I, I, some of you may have probably heard this testimony before, but I'll share it again. I was 17 and I used to play basketball in a team where we had a girls team and we had a real big community of girls and guys and every Friday... Uh, we'd shower and the girls would be all dressed up in high heels and they would go discoing or partying or whatever. And one particular Friday, um, after the, we came out of the sheds and that, you know, a couple of the girls were really like done up. And I said, well, I never know you had blue eyes. She goes, oh, that's contact lenses, John, you know. She goes, you're going to dance with me at this girls' party at North Shore? And we were at Maroubra at the time. So anyway, everyone got in the cars, convoy of five, five, five. How many of us? I can't remember. So I was about to get in the car with five guys. All of a sudden, one of our friends in his Valiant, if you remember the old Valiant, looked like a tank. He was running late and he came um, behind us. I said to them, look, I'll go with, his name was Solomon. It's funny, it's a biblical name. Um, um, But he wasn't too close to God at the time. So um, I said, I'll jump out and I'll go with him. Because he's lonely, you know. So I jump in his car. As we're leaving the driveway, I hear God's voice, go home. I went, did you hear that? He goes, you're a nut job, John. You really are. He said, you're reading the Bible before we play games and things like that. And people are thinking you're weird now. Um, I said to him, you didn't hear that? God said, go home. And then he, he stopped the car, high beamed everyone. They stopped. And the girl came out and she was looking so attractive, John, and she's looking in my, my eyes, you're going to dance with me tonight, you know? And, and uh, I said, look, God told me to go home. And then they sort of looked at each other like, you know. Um, and anyway, I said, leave me here. I'm only two suburbs away. I'll walk. Have a good one, you know. Anyway, they had a bit of a laugh. There was no mobile phones back then, but the next day the, ho- the, the phone at home ran wild. People were ringing me and saying, the fellow that you were in the car with wrapped the car around a telegraph pole and they had to cut him out. And the policeman said, 
it's a good thing you didn't have a passenger next to you. And he turned around and said, oh, actually I did, but he said God told him to go home. And the policeman said, well, thank God for that. You know, so what am I trying to say to you now? I mean, I I wish I, I sort of did that throughout my life. There have been times in my life that I haven't listened to God and it's cost me. The disobedience has cost me. It cost me a business. It cost me relations, friendships. But what I'm saying, the word of God came through the Holy Spirit, go home. Maybe you'll have God speaking to you about forgive, you know. You can turn a blind eye to it. If I turned around and I was stuck on the lust of the flesh, oh, come and dance with me. I'm 17. You know, she's a beautiful girl. There's going to be girls there. You know, it's a party. It's like if I, if I gave into that and I didn't heed to God's word, would I still be doing God's will today, you know? So I just want to bring to your attention to um, 1 Peter 5.8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith and submit to God. So resist the devil and he will flee. When it says about be sober... We all think, oh, you know, don't walk around with a case of beer under your thing. It's got nothing to do with just alcohol or anything. It's got, be sober. Have the mind of Christ. Have Jesus' word. You know, the Bible says, keep every thought captive in the obedience of Christ Jesus. See, when we stay up too late and watch heaps of movies, the next day we're like punch drunk people. You know, we're not sober. Be vigilant. See, the devil is not the lion. Jesus is the lion. But the devil will, will hunt you and, and, and try to, to devour you. And the way he does that is Jesus is the true shepherd. And if you are not hearing the shepherd's voice and you are away from the shepherd and you can't hear the shepherd, then you're isolated, you're separated, and you give, you, you're not sort of protected under the umbrella of God anymore. And the devil will have his way. That's why... It's important to know the word. See, I'll just say this. I just wanted a revelation. I've said this before, just to let you know, Jesus Christ, that's not his surname. Christ, Mr. Christ, yes, please come through, Mr. That's not his surname. Christ is the anointing. And that anointing is what you have to, is the anointing that breaks every yoke of bondage, the giants in your life. When you factor into that anointing, you know, Obeying his word, that's how you factor. Living out of the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. This is your covenant and promise. Okay, now I've, I've sort of let Goliath stand there. It's been 40 days and he's still whining and whinging. So let's go back to the battle. Now Goliath is ready with his battle armor. And David is carrying just a slingshot. Now the slingshot in those days was a piece of stick and a sleeve, and David picked up the rocks, five rocks, but he just had to use one and wind it up and toss it, okay? 1 Samuel 17, 45, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. See, David arises and prevails over Goliath by the word of God. The word of God, back then, again, I told you, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. See, he also, if you read chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, 
David, uh, David turns around and says, how dare you, you uncircumcised Philistine, that you come against the children of the, the Most High God. See, in the Old Testament, their, their um, covenant was of circumcision. Thank God that's not now in the case, but we have a greater covenant. And if you want to know that covenant, read chapter, I'm not going to go through it now, but Hebrews 8, chapter 8, 7 to 12. Jesus has established a better covenant. See, he knew his covenant, David, with the Lord. And um, so we're under, praise God, a better covenant. Um, see, when David brought down Goliath, he, was still, he wasn't King David yet, even though, you know, like Samuel in, in 16, chapter 16, verse 13, Samuel anointed David and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. See, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and the same Spirit, Romans six ten tell it, the Spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. In Acts it says that when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive power. See, Christians, you've got to know that you're, a powerful, you're, you're powerful in, in Christ. Oops, sorry. You're powerful in Christ and the enemy will do anything he can to come and steal that from you and deceive you. You know, 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the, the earth. See, after David did kill this Goliath, you think that everything's honky-dory, I've just killed the giant, my life's going to be great. But he goes into another battle now. The guy that he served, King Saul, he gets jealous of David, his servant, and he starts going after him for his life. So now David's running away from King Saul. Look, at this stage, I just want to warn you guys, if someone does wrong to you, do not take a slingshot and start flicking it at their head. I'm not teaching you to do that. You know, um, our, our, our wrestle is, and our warfare is not physical. I'll read this scripture. I know I've, I've spoken, and it's just an overview. You know, you can take this further if you want to listen to it again online. Um, I just want to go to Ephesians chapter 6. There's only one or two verses I want. I'm going to read the whole thing and I'll just um, touch on a a couple of um, verses. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. You know, Blind Freddy will tell you there's a lot of wickedness going around the world, you know, and we're not fighting against it. It's a spirit behind things. Why does that person do that? Why does that person abuse their wife or that child? It's the spirit behind it. That's what... We have the prayer request. We're praying. We're interceding because there's, there's, there's a spiritual stronghold. Let me keep on continuing. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done everything, stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And this, you know... And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Hallelujah, I haven't been using the glasses. I can read. Praise the Lord. This is the key that I want to share with you. Above all, above all, taking the shield of faith 
which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with prayer and supplication in the Spirit. See, the, the word of God is your weapon and praying is the battle itself. I just want to just share with verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Back then, the Roman army, what they used to do when they used to have a shield, what they used to do, they used to dip it and submerge it in water. So when they used to go to battle, the enemy would throw the fiery darts and on that, on that shield, it would quench it, it would put it out so they could still continue to, to fight. That's why, and actually, if you read, I mean, the New Testament's written in Greek. If you see the translation of that, it's asking us to put our faith, constantly submerge it in the water of the word. You have your faith, keep on submerging it in faith. Keep on moving in faith. You know, I know I've been speaking fast, and some of you must probably think this guy's a speed train. He doesn't take a breath. But I have so much to say in, in, in such a little time. I mean, God has to say, I'm just, I'm just a mouthpiece. Today, I shared with you just an overview of rising up of faith. You know, there are circumstances, there are situations. And like I said, there is trouble in the world, you know. The truth is, this is the truth. If we are not coming to Jesus daily, we're not seeking his daily bread. That's what the, the, the you know, give us our daily bread. You know, some of us, we want our yearly bread on one day. Your sufficiency is for that day. If we're not coming to him and asking him for his help or seeking to hear his voice. I mean, Jesus loves you. He always gives you his hand. But let's start looking to, to hear his voice, to seek him. Open up his word. Start making the word the final authority of your life, you know. Some of us as Christians, I'll tell you what we are in the battlefield, we're prisoners of war. It's time for you to realize that what Christ has done on that cross, he has defeated the devil. He's got no power. The only power he gets is when we give it to him. When we say, oh, I'm not going to forgive power to the devil. Oh, I'm going to walk in, I'll leave this church, I don't want to even know about these people there. You know, they've power to the devil. But you know what? We have overcome Jesus in him, in Christ. You know, we've been talking about the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, you know, abiding in him. And, and you know, if we're not thankful and, and coming to Jesus daily, thanking him, even though you think, oh, well, what's happening in my life, you know, being thankful for the things he's doing and he's doing, we won't be able to rise up. You know, we won't rise up in, in our circumstances we won't be victorious. So, um, you know, in, in closing, I'll, I'll, I'll have the band and, and Lisa come up, I'll, if I may. Um, in closing, you know, maybe you've been like the prodigal son. You know, if you know the story about the... I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but he asked his father for the uh, blessing and inheritance. And sometimes, as, you know, children of God, we... You know, we get that promotion and we get a good break and, you know, now we've got more money to buy things and slowly, slowly we're moving away from the father and we're going out, we're partying a bit more, we're buying more stuff and, you know, and all of a sudden 
situations, economic situations like COVID hit. You know, I just started a business. Oh, you know, and, you know, I was one of those people that for a long, long time when God started blessing me, I started moving away. What's that, God? You know, thank you for all the blessings. And then I find myself a year or two down finding, fighting with the pigs at the trough. Move over. I want some of that rubbish that the world has to offer, you know. But we've got an opportunity to come back to God. And in your hearts today, you know, Jesus died with his hands on that cross open for you. And you can run into it. So I'm um, just, yeah, if you want to play that. So I'm asking you to rise up and come to the Father, repent, you know. Some of us are, you know, it's got nothing to do with, don't look at the person next to you or, you know, this is you and Jesus. You know, we're all going to give account one day to God face to face, you know. We're not going to have a group of people around us and a cheer squad. You know, God's going to remind you, why did you stay away from me? You know, I'm here. Like we preach this gospel, so that you can, so that you can rise up and 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 face. And there'll always be battles. You'll come through one, and there'll be another one. No one promised you a bed of roses, and you're going to tiptoe through the tulips with Jesus. This is, you know, the word of God is your sword, and prayer is the battle. So, I just want to pray this. Um, and if you can pray this with me today, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name.